Your Money Replay from Money FM 89.3. Influence with Michelle Martin on Your Money, only on Money FM 89.3. So I'm sure we all have friends, you know, when we go out with them and we have a burger and they say, oh, hold the bun. Or you choose a restaurant and they say, do we have to eat Italian? I'm off the carbs. Or you have them over for tea and they say, oh, is there sugar in that? Because I can't have it if you have sugar in your tea, Michelle. So we all have friends who, you know, really pay attention to what they're eating. And it sometimes can be periodic, but sometimes it could be a sign of orthorexia. Nothing more valuable than your health, which is why we dedicate every Wednesday to speaking with Dr. Vincent Chandrawinata. He's a nutrition researcher, an entrepreneur and founder of A World First for Antioxidants under the brand of Renovasho. Welcome back, Dr. Vince. Good morning. Good morning. Happy hump day, everyone. Happy hump day. So, orthorexia is what we're talking about today. As much as eating healthy is good for us, when does that become an unhealthy obsession? I really can relate to what you said to open the show just now, that sometimes we have friends who literally ask the server or the restaurant to give the full list of ingredients or calorie or nutritional panel when it comes to their food. However, this is something that can cause problems, not only physically, but also socially. Because when people started doing that, I actually questioned myself, like, am I really a good friend or not? Because I secretly am hating on people who do that. Because first of all, yes, it is always good to choose a healthier alternative. But when it becomes an obsession, Mm. I think it is very unhealthy for you, you and the people around you. Yeah, so are there some warning signs of orthorexia? In my opinion, orthorexia, which is a term for obsessive or compulsive behavior when it comes to your food and your diet. So in my opinion, orthorexia is quite similar to an addiction in the way that there are certain things that they have to do to feel better about themselves. Mm. So if someone is spending way too much time every day thinking about what they're eating or when the nutritional value becomes more important than the whole experience of eating the food, I think that is an early warning sign because I always have the belief that as much as food is for our health and our physical function, food also has a social as well as psychological function. And that is why we have the term like comfort food because what we eat literally affects how we feel and how we think. Right. It's hard to distinguish, though, between those who are health conscious and healthy and those who are orthorexic because orthorexia, different from anorexia, and in fact, orthorexia is very interesting because it's sort of a... Gives us insight into our culture these days. Orthorexia is really a, um, a focus on the quality of food. So you see people leaving out entire food groups, right? Like if it's not um, organic, then it's out. They may not eat an entire class of food. Or if it's not farm, um, if it's not grass-fed, immediately out. So there's a good and bad label attached to entire classes of foods which can be excluded. And this seems a little bit unhealthy. So how does one find the balance between eating healthy, you know, wanting to opt for good quality food without becoming obsessed in the process? Yes, 
to answer that question, let's go back to the basic. The word orthorexia is Greek, which means eating right or eating correctly, because ortho means right. And while orthorexia officially is not being recognized as an eating disorder, health professionals such as myself, actually we recognize this eating behavior as part of the eating disorder spectrum. Mm. And it may start out as something that is so innocent or something that people label as health conscious because majority of people who have orthorexia start it out with a true intention to eat healthy food. But over time, an obsession starts to develop around eating as healthy as possible. So my rule of thumb when it comes to deciding whether or not someone has an orthorexia condition or whether or not we have, we ourselves have this condition is that when this obsession or this behavior gets in the way of life, then that is orthorexia. Right. Or how do you feel when you break the rules, right? Like, do you feel emotionally turbulent if you stray from your eating pattern? Because that's not normal. Exactly. And if it destroys your relationship with people around you, that is considered as a serious problem as well. Because as I said that, food as much as it is for health, it is also for your brain and your social function. Okay, Dr. Vince, we know you're a nutrition researcher. Many people here pay big bucks to eat organic. Are there sort of cons of eating a fully 100% organic diet? If you are earning big bucks and you have access to buying organics and buying something that is of the higher range in terms of your retail sections, yes, you can definitely go 100% organic. However, if you do decide to go 100% organic, you have to still be conscious about certain things that are not actually regulated under the label organic. For example, heavy metals. So heavy metals are not regulated under the banner of organics, but it is posing a serious health risk to ourselves because our body cannot clean itself or detoxify itself from heavy metals and it will actually build up in our adipose tissue. So when you are buying things like wheatgrass or spirulina or all your superfood, you have to really make sure that the source of this food, even though it's organic, needs to be free from heavy metal as well. And then the question that People always ask, do I have to go fully organic? And the answer, surprisingly, is actually no. Mm. Because going organic is not being done for the purpose of just going organic. But we use the label organic to identify certain fruit and vegetables that are more at risk of being contaminated, especially with pesticides. So we have a terminology or a word that we call this food group. So we call it dirty dozens. So yes. there are 12 different fruit and vegetables that are notoriously more prone towards being contaminated with pesticides. And in my opinion, those are the things that you need to make sure that you buy organic. So for example, strawberries, spinach, kale, nectarines, grapes, peaches, cherries, tomatoes, and even apples. And that's the reason why Every single apple that goes into making activated phenolics, they are screened not only for their organic label, but also for their wax status because we 
exclude all the wax from our apple, mm-hmm. as well as the residual heavy metals. Because as I said, heavy metal is actually a serious problem to our health. Yeah, it just seems so confusing, this whole field. Because, I mean, most people think, okay, if I reach for kale, that's going to help me out in my, in my diet. But according to this Dirty Dozen, which, by the way, is ranked by the Environmental Working Group, a list of vegetables with the most pesticide residues, vegetable and fruit, Kale has joined the ignoble list, along with strawberries and spinach. Strawberries and spinach took the two top spots this year, and kale was number three. So a lot to think about. And the concerning thing, Michelle, is, as you said, kale and spinach and strawberries, they are regarded by people as healthy fruits and vegetables. So people often, when they go on a diet or when they go on a cleansing week, they eat or juice these kind of fruit and vegetables mm. excessively, thinking so that it will more. actually make them healthy. Yeah, exactly. Foods. And then imbibe so, higher amounts of pesticides within their body. My goodness me. What do we do then? I mean, for those of us who do want to eat healthier, what's the take-home message today, Dr. Vince? So the take-home message is to educate yourself in terms of what type of produce that need to be purchased organically. I know that sometimes organic produce is not always accessible or affordable, so make do with what you have. So, for example, if you are eating a lot of kales, probably it's worth investing in buying organic kales. However, you can always swap out kale with broccoli and cauliflower, for example, because broccoli, cabbage, cauliflower, eggplants, and asparagus, they are actually examples of quote-unquote clean vegetables and fruit because the residual pesticide is very minimal to nothing in this kind of produce. So swap if you can't buy organic. And when it comes to your blueberries, strawberries, raspberry, I always, this is actually a trick that I learned from my mom. Ah. So my mom always wash all these berries with a solution that is made of one part of white vinegar to four parts of water. So you mix the, the solution and then you wash the berries in that solution and then dry it. Not only it gets rid of the residual pesticides, it also makes your berries last longer in the fridge. Wow, that's a great tip. I'm going to try it today and it sounds less expensive than the sort of vegetable washers that you find in the supermarket. And this is fully exactly fully something most of us have and in our one last, Yes, and one last thing. I want to really highlight it to people that just because uh, you cannot access organic produce, it should not deter or prevent you from eating healthy. And there are a lot of people out there who say that to eat healthy, you have to eat organic. And I cannot stress enough that that is a wrong concept because if you put up this concept to general population, I find that people are less likely to eat healthy and to be on the healthy lifestyle because they think that to be healthy, you have to be wealthy. And that is just wrong. Yeah, you just have to be smart and make smart decisions about what you eat. And I suppose just try that vinegar wash. I'm curious about that. So that's going to help with berries only? What about vegetables? Does that Uh, work? Especially with berries. It works with vegetables as if you cook it or if you make it into salad with sort of kind of sour taste salad dressing. It will work technically. The only reason why we normally only use this solution for berries is because the vinegar will impart a little bit of sour taste, but because berries have the original sour taste anyway, Mm. so it doesn't actually change the taste as much. Ah, I see, taste-wise. All right, well, thank you very much for joining us, Dr. Vince. Have a wonderful Wednesday. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me.
great talking to you. Dr. Vincent Chandrawinata there, founder of Renovasho. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.